And just like that, it's like we were never even gone for a week. Mm. <laughs> and this is the part where you go down in the comments after liking, commenting, and subscribing, and saying, No, we totally missed you guys. Our lives were empty voids without you. Nah, I'm just kidding. You don't have to get that dramatic about it. But relax, doers of the Under the Bridge. We have come what? to fill the void. <laughs> I, I completely freelance that. I'm sorry. <laughs> never do that again. <laughs> I, will, I, I will attempt to never do that again. <laughs> no, do that again more. This is what happens when we take a week off. <laughs> Doers of Under the Bridge. <laughs> no, so, yeah, welcome to Under the Bridge with Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And with Greg, a.k.a. Greg. Yeah, this has been a depressing two weeks for multiple reasons. Part of why mm. we didn't record last week is because my laptop, which I use for everything, is, uh, the charge port is dying on me, so getting it to hold the charge is not fun. Also, there was a hurricane coming. Yes, that too. <laughs> and I'm happy to say that I avoided the worst of it. Same. I'm glad. Good to hear. Yes. I mean, I already mm. knew that, but... <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why I said I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> It's the thought that counts. <laughs> cool. Probably should have said it a week ago. Hmm. <laughs> but anyways, I forget where I was going with this. It's been a depressing week, is the point. Yes. Yes, and indeed. nowhere is that better illustrated than there were a lot of celebrity deaths in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to dwell on all of them. It's like, Bob Barker died, which is sad, but I'm not super attached to Bob Barker, so it's not devastating to me. But I felt mm. like it was worth noting based on everybody else I was going to note in this list. Right. Because uh, Jimmy Buffett is dead, unfortunately. This one really hurts. Steve Harwell, the lead vocalist and frontman for Smash Mouth, you told me about this. Yeah. Just passed away today as of recording, September 4th. Yeah, I, I saw that on my feet. I was like, what? That's not a headline I would have expected to see anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, I was like, Smash Mouth isn't that old, are they? <laughs> And no, he was, uh, was it 56? Hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Chronic liver failure, apparently. Oh, no. Well, not a good way to go, unfortunately. No, absolutely not. And then, this is the one that hits the hardest for me, personally. Arlene Sorkin. Yes. People people in our circle, that being, well, my circle, that being the, the comic book adaptation circle, probably know this. For everybody else... She was not only the original voice actress for Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn was based off of her. Oh, that part I did not know. Yeah, she was a friend of Paul Dini, one of the creators of Batman, the animated series. And when watching her play a jester in the soap opera Days of Our Lives, he patented Harley Quinn off of Sorkin. Oh, okay. And she voiced Harley in other stuff beyond Batman, the animated series, and obviously she did other stuff beyond that, like being in Days of Our Lives, which I sort of think I need to get into more soap operas anyway. You, you have fun with that. I, I absolutely... probably won't, and I probably as... won't get into them anyway. <laughs> yeah, as I say, is like that is completely a you problem. You I don't have understand. No <laughs> Blue Beetle made me start thinking I should start watching telenovelas. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. <laughs> that is understandable given the context of Blue Beetle. Oh shit! I might have role in Trading Places. <laughs> That's neat. Yeah. Woman at party. Oh. <laughs> But that, that one hurts yes. a lot. So, yeah, I hate to start on that much of a downer, but, um, yeah. The sad week indeed. So we're going to move on now. Alrighty. We got a, I guess, a direct for Super Mario Bros. Wonder. And I think I need to start calling, like, Nintendo Mini Directs, this could have been an email. <laughs> 
Beep bop boop. So, this could have been an email. As I say, what did the email contain for LSD, the Mario game? I mean, the premise, the power-ups, it's it's basically, you know, Bowser's stolen the latest MacGuffin and merged with a castle or something, and you gotta stop him by traveling through the Flower Kingdom, which... He merged with a castle? Yeah. How? It's a wonder flower, it doesn't matter. Is the castle okay with that? It doesn't matter. Mario game. <laughs> no, what 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 made me zoom out is the first thing they do is start talking about the environment levels, and it's like, there's arid deserts and and magma sections, and I went, oh, lava sections in a Mario game! What a yeah. never-before-seen strat! I've never seen this before! What a goddamn novelty! I'm not intimately familiar with the Mario games. Even I know when it's like, oh, we have lava levels, like, Oh shit, lava levels? That's something we haven't seen in Oh god, how many Mario games have there been at this point? All of them? <laughs> yeah, as Every say, single like, one probably. Yeah, it's like we haven't seen that since the last Mario game. <laughs> and the one before that, and the one before that. Yeah, they confirmed a bunch of playable characters, uh most of which are Toads and Yoshis. Hmm. Yeah, you can play as Mario, Peach, Luigi, Daisy, Blue Toad, Yellow Toad, and Toadette, all of whom play the same. Oh, for fuck's sake. You can also play as three different Yoshis or Nabbit, and they're the easy mode because none of them take damage from uh, getting hit. What? How? Yeah, no, that's, that's been a thing for a while. That's stupid easy baby mode. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Which I shouldn't mm. mock because it doesn't matter. Like, fair. Oh, look! I played Mario on fucking hard mode. Aren't I a real? Aren't I a? I have all kinds of sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I one hundred percented all of the Mario games. I get the best sex. <laughs> <laughs> get the best. It's. it's, it's like, I only take. I only partake in the finest Mario. <laughs> Sex. I don't know. <laughs> the Virgin Mario, the Virgin Dark Souls player versus the Chad Mario Chad Mario player. <laughs> In my case, it's the Virgin Armored Core player versus the Chad Mario. Player. <laughs> Armored Core Six is amazing. It's also frustrating as fuck. <laughs> Anyways, the point is, I forget where I was going with this. Uh, the point is, having those settings doesn't matter. I, no, it does not. It, it It's funny to me, but also, yeah, it, it, a lot of it's accessibility, because, you know, there are people who might not have the physical ability to do some of the things in the game that are needed to pass, but still want to play the game and have fun playing through it. So, mm-hmm. in that I can understand. Yeah. Apparently, everybody's got an elephant form. Okay. Uh, well, the Yoshi's oh. and, the Yoshi's and Nabbit don't. I don't think the Yoshi's and Nabbit can use power ups. Oh, because they're already easy mode. Yeah, I think that's yep. the explanation. But, oh, Yoshi can also swallow enemies and flutter jump, and I forget what Nabbit does. Okay. But yeah, apparently everybody else gets elephant forms. Everyone can be a pink elephant. Yeah, there were some other power ups, but I forgot what they were. <laughs> because All who right. cares, really? <laughs> Apparently when you find wonder flowers in the game, all kinds of trippy stuff happens. The screen might tilt, sometimes you'll walk on walls. They were like, Mario can turn into a balloon, and it's just an inflated Mario. And I was like, oh god, I really hope that's only Mario, because otherwise the internet's gonna have- What am I saying? The internet's gonna have a field day with this anyway. 
So it's literally Shrooms the platformer. Yeah. <laughs> Which... Part of my brain does go is like, you know, honestly, that's a pretty novel idea as far as like mixing up how Mario works, but it seems weird to have that in Mario at the same Also, time. there are talking flowers scattered throughout all the levels, which I'm sure is going to get real oh, old Jesus to listen to really fast. Man, this is, I know the internet made this, made these jokes like literally the second it was announced, but man, they are not doing a lot to like dissuade the whole thing. Like, no, 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 this is not a stoner game. But there's is, flowers that talk to you. <laughs> yeah, this is not strictly Mario on drugs. Yeah. But it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I I really don't get why Nintendo will do these 15-minute things of just like, here's, we're talking about this new game. Half of this is shit you already know. Mm, but they gotta show it off for the new audience. Or something. I guess. Mm. So that was the gaming news. I didn't really get anything for comics across the last two weeks. So... We're going to go in movie and movie-adjacent stuff. Oh, boy. So, here's one that just caught my eye. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's going to be a live-stream CNN channel with new shows debuting on Max. What? Yeah. Why? why? <laughs> That's, that seems like a weird setup. It, it yeah. It, it, yeah. It, gets, it gets a little worse. Does it now? Yeah. So, it's a work in progress, and <laughs> apparently, among the features the company will try out are ways of alerting Max viewers to breaking news while they're watching something else on the service. That's just called Watch CNN. <laughs> it's just called yeah. Watch Cable News. <laughs> and like, okay, what's breaking news? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, if I have to get interrupted from watching My Adventures with Superman for fucking political debate shit, I will actually shoot myself. I don't need mm. to see that. Yeah. No. I will watch it after the fact like everybody else. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the, like, if it's an emergency thing, okay, fine, maybe if you also give me an opportunity to opt out, but... Yeah, like, at the very least, there needs to be an option to opt out. I don't need to know that there's a fucking tornado... Halfway across the state, all right? Mm -hmm. We live in Florida. It's a big state. So the, the the long and short of this is that CNN, and because of how many subscription services are out there, people are saying, it's like, all right, cable's back. And CNN just was like, oh, yeah, cable's back. All right, baby. <laughs> oh, just you wait. You ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, it's like we're going back to 2004 when you were trying to watch, like, Ed, Ed, and Eddie during primetime, and then when it get interrupted in the middle of the night because of we invaded Afghanistan or some shit. Oh, um, man. <laughs> that's it's a like, little real yeah it's like breaking news <laughs> I just wanted to watch my TV show I was like well you get the real world now bitch <laughs> and I mean it's not a bad idea for people who are people who have cut cable and still potentially want news access on yeah. a streaming service like on their platform of choice but I don't know the fact that you know it's 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 Warner Brothers who David Zaslav is heading up is, is mm. yeah yeah. I don't trust it. I don't trust anything this man does. The main thing is that there's, there needs to be something that allows you to option out. If it's a thing where it's just like, no, it's just going to be there no matter what, it's like, alright, that kills a lot of interest in the program at that point, I would say. He could give money to orphans and I'd assume he stole it from puppies. <laughs> These puppies are just like walking around with hundreds of dollar bills. They're puppies. They don't need that. They don't even have hands. <laughs> 
They don't understand the transfer of good and services. (laughs) Oh, man. Here's another one. Alright. So, Disney's doing some cost-cutting, yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. Like like everybody. Oh, yeah. And, apparently, despite the fact that this eight-episode series has already been completed like it's done it's 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 in the bag it's finished yes disney plus is not proceeding with its new live action adaptation of the spiderwick chronicles what yeah but it's finished it's done oh my god are they pulling a Catwoman? well paramount television studios and 20th television worked on it and paramount is shopping it around to other potential buyers and you were thinking of batgirl or batgirl thank you But apparently the thing is, they're trying to pull back on stuff that isn't their IP. Mm. Because Spiderwick Chronicles is not a, an IP that they own, and it was made by an outside studio. Mm. So apparently, they're going to be leading more heavily in a Disney-owned IP with their television. I mean, as much as I hate to say it, that does make sense. It makes a little but. bit of sense, but why would you sink money into this in the first place, Yeah, then? like, that's that's the only part that doesn't make sense. It's like, okay, so you actively spent money on this product to get it made and ready to go, and then at the very end, you're like, actually, no, it doesn't have our logo on it. It's like... Right? It, it can. <laughs> like, it can't be the main logo, but your logo can very much be there, I'm sure. Disgusting. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I don't... In this day and age, there's no reason to at least not release something as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? Um, we get a new equivalent to the English dub of, of Ghost Stories? You don't end up any more in the negative. That would be great. That's a best case scenario. What are you talking about? Yeah, I say, no, like I say that, it's like, no, but that would be amazing. <laughs> I'm not sure all of this news fits into the writer's strike and the sag after strike, but most of it does, and... The bit that I'm not sure is still connects, kind of. So we're we're gonna we're gonna go to the writer strike and the SAG after strike. Oh boy! Yeah. Do 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 do. Pay your fucking writers. And now actors. So you you remember how I last time I said they were meeting back up at the AMP, AMPTP and I was cautiously optimistic. I'm guessing the the cautiousness won over the optimism. I'm getting real fucking tired of this monkey's paw, man. <laughs> I'm getting real tired of opening my goddamn mouth and then having the universe just go, well, fuck you! Because <laughs> it did not uh, go well. No, it did not. Almost immediately after the meeting opened, the AMPTP released its counterproposal that it had offered, which addressed some concerns that the WGA had, not all, and certainly wasn't everything they were looking for. Right. For example, it did not include the writer's room minimums, I think. Hmm. It also didn't really address some of their concerns about the practice of creating mini-rooms, which is where studios will hire less experienced writers to work on scripts before a show gets greenlit, and then not hire those writers for production. What the hell? Right? Right? Yeah, holy shit. It's like, thanks for the idea, now GTFO. Yeah, thanks for the idea, and I'll get fucked. Jesus Christ, guys. One of the proposals they offered was allowing showrunners to select two mid-level writers to be assigned to production and be guaranteed 20 weeks of employment. But it's not clear whether that proposal 
actually works in tandem with getting rid of those mini rooms. Hmm. Or if it's just a softball measure. I would guess the latter. Oh, yeah. Mm. I don't trust studios as far as I could throw them. Right. <laughs> so, the a- so, the WGA didn't take it. Understandably. Yeah. They then proceeded to slam the AMPTP for releasing that proposal. I'm going to read the full memo here. <clears throat> Alrighty. After 102 days of being on strike and of AMPTP silence, the companies began to bargain with us on August 11th, presenting us for the first time with a counteroffer. We responded to, the, to their counter at the beginning of last week and engaged in further discussions throughout the week. On Monday of this week, that being, you know, the week of negotiations, yes. we received an invitation to meet with Bob Iger, Donna Langley, Ted Sarandos, David Zaslav, and Carol Lombardini. It was accompanied by a message that it was past time to end this strike and that the companies were finally ready to bargain a deal. We accepted that invitation and, in good faith, met tonight in hopes that the companies were serious about getting the industry back to work. Instead, on the 113th day of the strike, and while SAG-AFTRA is walking the picket lines by our side, we were met with a lecture about how good their single and only counteroffer was. We explained all the ways in which their counter's limitations and loopholes and omissions failed to sufficiently protect writers from the existential threats that caused us a strike in the first place. We told them that a strike has a price, and that price is an answer to all and not just some, of the problems they have created in the business. But this wasn't a meeting to make a deal, this was a meeting for to get us to cave, which is why, not 20 minutes after we left the meeting, the AMPTP released its summary of their proposals. This was the company's plan from the beginning, not to bargain, but to jam us. It is their only strategy to bet that we will turn on each other. Tomorrow we will hmm. send a more detailed description of the state of the negotiations, and we'll see you all out on the picket line so that the companies continue to see what labor power looks like. Which, yeah. Yeah. Get all the shit 100... you're asking for. Fuck them! Yeah, for real. I could go fucking ten years without movies at this rate. I hope I don't have to. <laughs> I'm hoping I can reverse trick the universe. I'm hoping I can say that and the universe will be like, I'll show you. The strike's over. <laughs> I mean, hey, if, if, if worse comes to worse, goodness knows we can create an extensive enough backlog to keep ourselves busy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got nothing but plans. Plans for days. Mm. Like finishing that poorly explained comics I was working on. Jesus. So. Oh, man. So, no. Basically, the reason why the AMPTP released that proposal was so it could get the rank-and-file members to go, no, take the deal, take the deal. Mm. Instead of, you know, getting everything that they're worth in this case and that they're asking for. I'm assuming the rank-and-file... Members also join in saying, eat shit, Lord Farquaad. Uh, I mean, you know, hmm. there are some, the, the, it seems like, I mean, e- e- even even in the people who are striking, you know, not everybody necessarily is on board with everything. Fair. But it does seem like, no, this hasn't dented anything. Well, that's good, at, at least. Yeah. Support the writers and the actors. Yes, yeah, support the writers and support the actors, and especially, especially... The small-time ones who are trying to just get their careers going. Because those are the the ones who really have the most to lose. Exactly. You don't know studio executives a goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. As a result of these ongoing strikes... Oh, boy. <laughs> we have seen yet another big studio move. Alright. And that is Dune Part 2 is no longer releasing November 3rd. Huh. I'm honestly a little surprised by that. Well, they can't get the actors to promote it, and, like, it got a lot of critical acclaim, and it won it won a lot of awards, but the box office was... It wasn't 
bad. Like it was it was good, but it wasn't hmm. it wasn't knock out of the park like billion dollar hit like they were hoping for. Probably. I mean, because right. they shouldn't be hoping for that, because expecting every big budget movie to be a blockbuster billion dollar fucking reinvent the market thing is a stupid prospect, and you'll never make it work like that. And you're asking, you're just asking for a disaster at that point. Yeah, you're just sinking a bunch of money into things that are never going to get it back. Right. Anyways, that also means that Godzilla X Kong is moving off of that date, because Doom Part 2 is now going there. Godzilla X Kong is now moving to April twelfth. Okay. And that is replacing Lord of the Rings: The War of The War of Rohirrim, which was an animated movie that has been pushed to December thirteenth. I was going to say I did not know there was another Lord of the Rings movie in the works. You know, neither did I. <laughs> I guess if it was coming out in April. It makes sense. We haven't seen anything about it yet. Fair, yeah. I hadn't really looked too much at the twenty twenty four slate, especially with everything getting pushed back. Hmm. However, Doom Part 2 is currently the only major Warner Brothers blockbuster that has moved. Wonka's still in place, Aquaman 2's still in place, The Color Purple's still there. Man, Aquaman 2. Right? Uh, yeah. Oof. Well, granted, I imagine part of the reason why I haven't heard anything is that, A, Jason Momoa is having a good time being an evil shitter in the Fast and Furious <laughs> movies. He really is. <laughs> yeah, and also something like, that's right, Sang After is on strike too, so of course we're not going to promote it. <laughs> yeah, nope. Not happening. Mm. So, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens to the rest of Warner Brothers Slate, I guess, and we'll see if anybody else moves. Yeah. I'm gonna guess the Marvels won't. Hmm. Because I think Disney's probably reasonably confident that even without the stars running promotion... It'll still have a solid turnout. It'll still have a solid turnout, because, I mean, the first Captain Marvel made a billion... Anyway, speaking of Marvel stuff... <laughs> oh, boy. There's been some big Disney Plus shuffles for the Marvel Studios releases. Oh, boy. Like, what? <laughs> well, rest assured, first of all, we are still getting Loki Season 2 on October 6th, which I would fucking hope so. Yeah, I'd say that's probably, like, their biggest headliner at the moment. You put trailers out for that shit, you kind of expect. Yeah. But Echo, which was originally supposed to drop November 29th, has now shifted to January 2024. Alrighty. All episodes will still drop at the same time, though. Hmm. Alright. We are still getting something at the end of this year, though, because apparently we don't have exact release dates for these yet, but apparently around Christmas Day we're getting the second season of What If. Oh, okay. Which was originally supposed to come out early this year. Yeah, you know what? I was think I that popped in my head after you said it's like, wait. Wasn't that supposed to come out a while ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny how we didn't hear jack fucking shit. Yeah. X-Men 97, which was originally going to debut in this fall, is premiering early 2024 instead. They are still working on a season two. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what to make of this next bit. Okay. Agatha's show has been pushed all the way back to early fall 2024. Oh, jeez, that's despite, a big push. Yeah, despite being originally announced for winter this year. I wonder what's going on there, then. Well, apparently they want to use it as a lead-up to Halloween, which I guess makes sense. Yeah, no, that's fair, considering, like, what it goes over. But here's the really interesting thing, per the exclusive Hollywood Reporter article that broke this news about all these Disney Plus shuffles. It's got another fucking name change. 
<laughs> to what? Well, they keep getting worse, because first there was Agatha House of Harkness, which is really fucking metal. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then you've got Agatha Covet of Chaos, which is slightly less metal, but still pretty metal. Yeah. Now, though, check out this teen Disney bullshit. Agatha Darkhold Diaries. Ew. Right? That genuinely sounds gross. <laughs> that sounds like a made-for-TV teen Disney movie. Mm. That's a Disney Channel original right there. Darkhold Diaries. Hold, as in the book. The Dark Hold. Oh, Dark Hold. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> I was going to say, it's like, there's no way they're actually calling it that. You're just inviting, like, bullshit. Okay, I'm glad I misheard there. <laughs> yeah, they're saying that it's the Dark Hold. Okay, I mean, that's still an awful name. But also, that means this has to be a prequel, right? Because wasn't wasn't there a whole thing in Multiverse of Madness where Wanda destroyed the Dark Hold in every universe? Yeah. Like, across the multiverse, that book just fucking gone now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's weird. The, I've heard some I've heard some rumblings, this is not confirmed, this is not part of the article, but I've heard some rumblings that actually what it is is Agatha's show name is gonna keep changing as the show releases. No. I think that'd be pretty funny. Confusing as hell! That's why I kind of hate it, because it's one of those things, like, okay, so which actually is it? If you're trying to have a conversation about it, it's like, well, it's, it's Dark dark Old Diaries. Which one is that? <laughs> uh, anyways. Yeah, yeah, that's annoying. That the, just sounds annoying to me. And then things keep getting grimmer. Mm. Ironheart is now off the schedule entirely. Oh, no. And it's... Done shooting! I swear to God, if this one gets written off too, I don't even like Ironheart and I'll be pissed. Yeah, it's like, no, it's done. Everything's done. You're, you'd just be throwing away millions of dollars. This one, I've heard rumors that it's because they want it to tie more closely to Armor Wars, which they really want to go into production on once the strikes are over. Hmm. So I can see that, since Armor Wars isn't actually dated yet. Fair. And then Daredevil Board Again and Wonder Man, having both paused mid-production, also don't really have release dates anymore. <sighs> of course, Wonder Man never had one to begin with, because they never actually officially announced that project. Right. It's all just been the trades. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. All in all, disappointing news, but hey, you know, the Disney Plus stuff... The, uh, the reason they're doing this, as far as I know, isn't because of the strikes, except for the ones that are, you know... Uh, because of the strikes. Because of the strikes. <laughs> but in general, it's to better space apart their releases, which, fair. Take take all the time you need, never let another secret invasion happen again, so help me <laughs> God! For real. If I have to sit through anything even remotely similar to that in my life, mm. I'm coming for you, Feige. <laughs> You've done good work, but you got to answer for secret invasion. Right. Let's go to trailer time. Let's do trailer time. It's trailer time again. We've got movie previews to watch. It's trailer time again. We got a trailer for Freelance, which I only put on here because it was John Cena and Allison Brie. I don't like that I like this as much as I do. Right? I'm, <laughs> like, it I'm looks decently enchanted. Yeah, it's like, I don't think this is a good movie, but there's enough weirdness going on that makes you go, know, it's like, I, I'm into this, but I don't like that I'm into this. <laughs> this looks like a train wreck, and yet. <laughs> I'm I'm oddly enthralled by this entire thing. Yeah. 
the sheer insanity of it and like the purposeful comedic like lack of common sense as well <laughs> yeah everybody seems like they're just gone what, what, yeah gone <laughs> that's the best way to put it i'm especially looking forward to the president uh played by oh, yeah. juan pablo raba mm-hmm. especially the bit at the end of the trailer oh i'm impressed mr petite <laughs> Yeah, it's like not so not so petite at all. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, alright. Yep. Alright, whatever. Alright, fine, I'll go see your stupid ass stranded in a coup d'etat country movie. <laughs> Watch it turn out this is secretly a suicide squad connected. You know thing. what? I'm thinking I'm already thinking it's like it's gonna be one of two things. It's either gonna be that, like it's some kind of secret suicide squad, or it's going to be a thing where it's like, oh, I sent him there with her because both of them are liabilities and then they, they both get killed. <laughs> I mean, it, it it can't be because it's not the same studios, so... Oh, fair. Could possibly be. <laughs> well, at least conceptual. Like, I mean, in the forms of, like, a general concept, it's like, oh, by the way, we were sent here to kill all you guys. Like, what? Prepare to die. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Especially because Christian Slater is uh, John Cena's boss. Oh really? Like you, I, oh, yeah. I, I can't imagine you'd get Christian Slater to, to to not be a villain. Be something secretly big. I don't know about a villain, but is he always a villain? I don't know if he's always a villain, but I thought that's where you what you were going to go for. No, I just I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Much like the movie, I think. Yeah, no, the movie also has no idea where it's going with this. <laughs> and now on trailer time, it's something I never thought I'd put on this show. It's time to say something nice about Zack Snyder. <laughs> because a couple weeks ago now, the trailer, the teaser trailer for Rebel Moon popped up. And may I say, what the fuck? Why is a teaser trailer almost four minutes long? But also... Yeah, for real. <laughs> First I, I guess because it's two movies, technically. It's a part one and a part two. Mm. Which also gagged me with a spoon. But... Yeah, for real. This... Oh, it looks good. This genuinely looks pretty good. I'm not 100% blown away by anything. It kind of makes me think a little bit Dune, a little bit, I don't know what, but something else I've seen before. I'm pretty sure some people just had lightsabers in it. Yeah, I mean, I did see, when I was looking for it on YouTube, I did see a couple videos comparing it to Star Wars. I'm like, oh boy, what are we in for? And I watched it, it's like, you know what? It's one of those weird things where it's like, the vibe I get from this movie is that you could definitely say it's inspired by Star Wars. But even with the setting and with, like, the look of everything and, like, the look of the people and all that, I get the feeling it's, like, it's a space, definitely a space drama, but we are trying our best not to, like, to make it, like, seem separate from Star Wars. Yeah. We're very much trying to make it seem like, no, we're not copying Lucasfilm's homework. And in a weird way, they mostly, I feel like they mostly pull pull it off. Yeah. Even the bit where, like, the one woman has what looks like two red lightsabers, it's still different enough between, like, the way the weapons look and her stance where I'm like, yeah, no, no, even that doesn't do it. (laughs) And, I mean, it's a beautiful-looking movie. Oh, very much so. Zack Snyder could get some really great shots, just don't let him write. (laughs) And also, some of the the shots have the the real Batman v Superman problem of the... People, unnecessary slowdown. Not the unnecessary slowdown. The 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 thing where like do you remember that bit from Batman v Superman of Superman rescuing like the crashing space shuttle and everything around him is not bad, 
but it's very obviously not real. It looks like a really good painting. Mm-hmm. But, like, it looks like a canvas painting. The whole background right. looks like a canvas painting, but Henry Cavill doesn't match. He looks ridiculously detailed and realistic, so he sticks out like a sore fucking thumb. Yeah. There's a couple shots that are like that, where it's just like, ugh, I mean, <laughs> it's fine, but it should, I feel like it should all match. The people should look, should match the background. Right. The compositing is off, I think. I don't know, I don't actually make movies, so I never went to film school. <laughs> no, but I can kind of understand what you're, ta- what you're talking about, or at least alluding to. Yeah. But otherwise, no, this looks interesting. And is this based on a pre-existing IP? I forget. Uh, let's find out. So when I saw the name was Rebel Moon, I was just like, is this a, is this something related to Rebel Galaxy? Which is a game I still need to play. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't look like it. Okay, yeah, inspired no. by the works of Akira Kurosawa, the Star Wars films, and heavy metal magazines. but And heavy metal magazines. Yeah. Okay. I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can see it too. The magazine Heavy Metal, not. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I thought you meant like just like it's like yeah. I also read a bunch of heavy metal magazines. No, no, <laughs> but no, uh, it's. I, I was gonna say whether this is not based on an existing IP or at least just not an existing IP that I give a shit about. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about getting mad about how poorly he understands it. Right. Or how much he understands it and then chooses to run in the exact opposite direction. I can never tell with that man. <laughs> I don't understand him. Right. And therefore I hate him. Ah. <laughs> uh. But anyways, that's enough me being vaguely almost nice to Zack Snyder. <laughs> this one was barely worth talking about, but I'm going to put it on here anyway. We got a 30 second teaser trailer for Good Burger 2 on Paramount+. Plus. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just Just, amazed they got Keenan and Kel back for this. What the fuck? Just straight no. Like, and I say that as someone who did love the original movie. I didn't, but somehow I'm still looking more forward to this. This, there is no reason for this to exist. Water? I don't know, let me check. Drink some, spits it back into the pitcher. (laughs) Yep, that's water. Yeah, it's... I, I, I do not, at any point over my entire nearly 30 years of existence, remember somebody going, you know what? There should be a sequel to the original Good Burger movie. <laughs> Somebody's like, been no. asking for it, you know. Uh, I, I can't imagine who they who they are. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, but just, no. <laughs> Sorry. So this one I put on the list just for you. Uh, we got a trailer for Ferrari. Yes. Of course I'm going to go fucking see it, because I'm too fucking easy like that. <laughs> Not help, but even though it's also kind of a point of contention for me, it's like, I like racing movies. I really like Adam Driver. I do not understand why they cast Adam Driver as Enzo Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think, because they, they make him look older for that. They do, but it's... You could just get somebody older. Yeah, or it's like, I mean, granted... I imagine you'd have a hard time in general finding someone who actually looks like Enzo Ferrari. Mm. Even, like, the person who played him in Ford vs. Ferrari was a bit off. Oh god, who played Enzo Ferrari in Rush, even though he was only there for, like, literally 30 fucking seconds? The actor who played Enzo Ferrari in that one... Oh, Augusto Delara. Ah. 
no idea who the fuck that is. Me neither. Um, <laughs> but even that gentleman, like, that gentleman's the closest I've ever seen to anyone looking like Enzo Ferrari in any movie. I, I'm interested. It looks like, it definitely looks dramatic. I can't tell if it looks, if it's going to be good or not. Which yeah. is probably fine. Which honestly is fine, because I have gotten so sick it's a weird thing because I know it's also the part of the point of trailers because it's marketing, but I have gotten so sick of trailers just being telegraphed. It's like, yeah, this movie kind of sucks. Or doing the worst thing, which in my opinion, the worst thing of making a movie look bad. And then you go to see it's like, no, this is actually pretty great. And then you wonder who the fuck cut and edited the trailer. <laughs> what was marketing on? And where can I get some? <laughs> no, where can I not get some? If it makes me worse at my one job. <laughs> It's just like, ugh. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I, of course, I'm interested in it. It's one of those things where it's like, because of what it is, I feel like I can't really give a straight answer because I'm biased by default. <laughs> I mean, I'm decently interested. I, I'm surprised by the amount of focus on family drama. It wasn't a very long trailer, but it felt like, it felt forever long. To be fair, I will say I'm kind of glad about that because Enzo Ferrari is a genuinely fascinating individual. I see. Topsy-turvy defines this man's life, or defined his life, because he is very dead at this point. But yeah, like, Enzo Ferrari's life is just all over the fucking place. His life story, his history of, like, motorsport, his family story especially, which is gets actually really fucking sad in quite a few places, too. Enzo Ferrari is a genuinely fascinating individual, and to that end, I was kind of... I did kind of like how there wasn't as much focus on the cars and the racing, even though, of course, it's a movie about Ferrari, like, the most successful, like, one of the, if not the most successful motorsport brand in history. Yeah. You've got to have some car scenes and some racing scenes, but if it's more focused on Enzo Ferrari as a person, I think that's going to do a lot better than it being just a straight-up racing movie. Makes sense. I guess we'll find out. Indeed. When is this supposed to come out again? Hmm, that's a good question that I completely forgot to pay attention to. Yeah... One sec. Let's see, I'm, I'm looking it up as well. Wait, there was a 2003 movie? Hold on. <laughs> we interrupt this broadcast! <laughs> oh, man. What? August 31st at Venice. The Venice Film Festival, I'd assume. Oh, December 25th. Okay. Merry Christmas to you. Oh my god, so there was a... There was a Enzo Ferrari movie. It was only made, like, in Italy and shown in... Oh, it was an Italian movie, but I guess it's in English, apparently. But there was an Enzo Ferrari, apparently, TV movie in 2003. Guess how long it is. Three and a half hours. Correct. What the fuck? <laughs> I was kidding! I mean, you're basically correct, because it's three hours 35. Why? Close enough to correct. <laughs> Why? And it's like, how do you make a three and a half hour TV movie in 2003? Ain't nobody got time for that! Like, did it's how did Italian TV at that point just straight up not have commercial breaks ever? <laughs> My God. Mm. So I guess we'll see how the movie is uh, around Christmas. Oh yeah. And then finally, just today at the day of recording, we got a trailer for Godzilla minus one. I am so much more interested in this than the Monster Verse movies. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> okay, let's not get crazy. <laughs> but I do like this one. I do like this a lot. I say that as someone who hasn't really watched a lot of the MonsterVerse movies, but 
something about it being basically yeah what's the last one you saw well i know i didn't get a chance to no wait i think i did see girl versus godzilla versus kong did you but it was maybe huh. if i did see it it wasn't in theaters that's for sure it's been a while fair but there's something i think it's because it's based in like a, hist- a more historical setting so again it has my interest there true it is post-war japan yeah, but it's also a lot more metal with it as well. <laughs> yeah, Godzilla's fucking some shit up. Godzilla fucks a lot. Like, like you, you actively watch people die in the trailer. We are back to Godzilla as an embodiment of nature's wrath against man's hubris. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm here for it. I, I am very much here Some for people it. got fucking stepped on, I think. Yes, they did. And apparently... I, I think what happened is they tried to kill it, and then it started rampaging around angry. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, that's a lesson. If something ain't fucking with you, don't fuck with it, maybe. Right. Not much of a lesson, but a lesson. I love the design, too! Oh, yeah, the design of it all is... Like, the art the art design and the visual design, and, of course, the design of Godzilla is <laughs> very well done. Yeah, like, like, just chef's kiss. I love it. December 1st! Really? Merry fucking Christmas to me! I, I have never seen, like, the original, original 1954 Godzilla movie, but it seems like it's... Cause the orig- didn't the original one take place in Japan, too? Yeah, I've got the entire Showa-era Godzilla collection. Oh, okay. I was like, I'd, I'd be interested to watch at least a few of those. Yeah! Part of my brain was going, is like, okay, so is this just a straight-up, like, kind of modern retake on it? And then it's like, no... No, I don't remember being this gratuitous. <laughs> it was pretty intense for, you know, being a Gaia monster suit movie. Fair. <laughs> but no, I'm very much excited for this. I cannot wait. Right. You know what? I think you're right. I am more excited for this than Godzilla than the next Godzilla Kong. Yeah, it's. I think the reason for it is just because, because of, like, the style and the period and all that, it just feels a lot more refreshing in a way. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's, let's let's talk box office. Oh boy! I got two weeks of box office to cover, and I'm for last weekend. I'm just going to cover placement and how much they made that weekend. All right. I almost didn't do that, but there's some extenuating circumstances here. <laughs> I'm going to go in reverse order for last weekend. Okay. <laughs> Fifth place was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem at seven point two million domestic. Fourth place Oppenheimer eight point two million domestic. Third place, Blue Beetle, 12.1 million domestic. Second place, Barbie, 15.1 million domestic. And in first place, the movie we did see that weekend, the highest grossing movie domestically, Gran Turismo, at allegedly $17.4 million domestic. But uh, I, I, I'm given to understand you have some... <laughs> you, 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 have, you have some research to share. Yes, because... That there is a pretty substantial asterisk next to that because of that alleged seventeen point four million. The reason why we say alleged is because when Sony revealed the um the box office for that weekend, they also mentioned that they had folded in the box office for the early release people that got to see the movie before it was delayed on the weekend of the eleventh, which probably isn't. Objectively, probably isn't a substantial portion of it, but it's still really scummy. <laughs> Especially since, with that too, one of the promotions that happened 
with the opening of the movie was that Sony, and I found out when I told you about this originally, I was indeed wrong. Sony or somebody else, I don't remember, mentioned that that was enough to knock Barbie off of the top spot for that weekend, which had... I guess made... What did you say Barbie had made that weekend? Uh, 15.1? Okay, fair. But it's still one of those things where it's like, yeah, but there's still a pretty... Subs- I What I feel like is a very substantial asterisk next to that. <laughs> okay, apparently, apparently, based on the limited amount of research I'm doing right at this exact moment... Okay. Warner Brothers did dispute that. Oh, other, did they? Other studios and trade publications sided with Sony, noting that lumping preview screenings and opening day figures is standard practice. I don't know that preview screenings usually run for weeks beforehand? Yeah, that's my big issue. It's like, okay, that's one thing if it's like the week of, not two weeks later because the movie got delayed because of the SAG after strike. Especially <laughs> because those preview screenings add up to 5.3 million. Do they now? Yeah. Holy shit, <laughs> that's a lot higher than I thought. Yeah, no, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but that seems a little sketchy. I don't yeah. know how often studios do it and how many... Like, I don't know how far preview screenings usually stretch. Yeah, fair. I feel like that's a bit much, though. Yeah, that's that seems to be a bit much. Let's move on to this weekend, though. Alright. Did we see the highest... Dr- no, not even close. No, we did not. <laughs> You want to know where Bottoms is? Bottoms is in seventh place. Bottoms is at the bottom. No, not uh, even close to that, but... It's below- <laughs> i tell you where it is. It's past the bottoms of the top five, but... Oh, hey, there you go. We didn't see the highest grossing domestic movie. It was The Equalizer 3. Oh, was it? Yep. Okay. $34.6 million domestically and in total. It's currently sitting at $68.3 million worldwide. Alright. Yeah, I should note that's for the... The weekend totals in this case are the three-day, which means not counting Labor Day. Mm. Barbie, second place. Jesus, $10.6 million domestically, $574.9 million domestic total, and we can now say Barbie is the highest-grossing movie of the year. Oh, really? It topped Mario. It is sitting at $1.383 billion worldwide to Mario's, I think, $1.359 Yeah, I mean, I you can you can probably edit in like applause sounds or something. Oh, like I that. won't. <laughs> okay, I won't because ultimately speaking, it's not like we see a dime of that. Fair, <laughs> but it is a genuinely really great movie, and I'm glad to see it doing well. And hopefully, oh, that yeah. means we get more not movies based on toys, but more M- movies of this quality. More <laughs> movies of this quality by directors with you know select Brains. visions. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Telling the stories that they actually want to tell. Mm. Third place. Oh, I feel so bad. It's Blue Beetle. Oh, no. 7.2 million domestically, $58.5 million domestic total, and 104.4 million worldwide. Oh, jeez. And it gets worse somehow. Okay. It's not confirmed by Warner Brothers yet, but uh, word around the street is that it's going to be releasing digitally on September 19th. Has it released everywhere worldwide yet? No, it's like, still not out in China, Japan, and Australia. I'm pretty sure it doesn't come out anywhere there until the 14th of September. Why is it, How is it not out in, in China? I don't fucking know! That is insane. And I'm not saying that would save it. Like, I'm not expecting a big, giant release, but I'm watching all these articles and shit talking about how Blue Beetle's a flop and shit. It's like, guys, it's not even out in all markets yet. Mm. 
How about we all shut the fuck up for a sec? And yeah, I'm biased in this case because I want to see this movie do good. It's a good fucking movie. Right. Elemental deserves to do better than it originally opened to, and then it did. <laughs> Anyways. Fourth place is Gran Turismo. Alright. $6.5 million domestically for a $30.6 million domestic total. $80.9 million worldwide against a $60 million budget, so... Still got a ways to go to beat production, probably, but or marketing, rather, but we'll see. Right. And in fifth place, Oppenheimer. 5.5 million mm. domestic, 310.5 million domestic total, $853.2 million worldwide. It is the third highest grossing movie of this year. Good. It's the highest grossing one that hasn't hit a billion. I mean, I don't think it's going to. But oh, no, absolutely nice not. It, but it would be nice if it hit a billion. It would, it, it won't, but that would be. Yeah, and I mean, just the fact that it's doing this well is pretty fucking crazy, huh? Yeah, considering what it is and what its subject matter is. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, again, in seventh place, it's Bottoms, $3 million domestic weekend, $4.3 million domestic total, no worldwide release, it looks like, against an $11 million budget, which... Re oof. Really? Yeah. I didn't feel like, I mean, I didn't feel like this was an $11 million movie. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's actually pretty modest, so I'm not too surprised by that. Fair. But before we talk about Bottoms, let's get into Gran Turismo. Yes, the movie we saw two weeks ago. I'm glad I had the phrases in the order I did. <laughs> okay. So, Gran Turismo, based on a true story, I have to hand in my film snob card. Not because <laughs> I like this movie, but because I don't fucking hate it. <laughs> so, the secret society of aspiring film snobs demanded that I hand in my card. I told them to go fuck themselves, and now I'm on the run. So, mm. Aren't they after you already because you like the Marvel movies? <sighs> yeah, it's, it's complicated. <laughs> if they find out where I am, they'll hit me with baseball bats. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. It's fine. Standard uh, practices, you know. I'd do the same geez. in any of them. <laughs> do you want me to take the description for this movie? Sure, I've, I've, I've derailed long <laughs> enough. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> so, Gran Turismo is a very... It's a biographical sports drama film. Allegedly. Um, Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> it is a... Retelling of the story of um, Jan Mardenborough. I can never get this man's name. Me correctly. either. It's not that yeah. hard either. Is the fucked up part. His his last name was what really gets me half the time. Yeah, it's just uh, that. It's Jan Mardenborough, but I keep fucking up. I keep forgetting there's an R. Yeah. <laughs> I keep wanting to say Mardenborough. Yeah, uh, I, you probably wouldn't be the first. But anyway, <laughs> Jan Mardenborough. Martinborough is a actual, like, real professional racing driver. He won the Gran Turismo Academy contest in, I think, what was it, 2012, 2013, which was, I'm talking about the actual driver right now, not the movie itself. This was a contest held by, um, on the Gran Turismo racing game in partnership with Nissan, where basically they would take the top Gran Turismo simulator drivers and put them in an actual racing school, basically, but also ju judge their ability to drive and as a contest and all that. And the winners would get contracts to drive for Nismo, Nissan's racing division, and become, like, fully contracted Nissan race car Oh, drivers. I don't like that name. <laughs> it is a, it's a very historically significant name with, in motorsports. Okay, but I, I don't like how it sounds. Nismo? It just feels wrong. 
<laughs> I don't know. It's, it's it's one of those words that like hits a section of my brain where it's just like ah, I don't like how that rolls off the tongue. I mean, for what it's worth, it is one of those things where it's like it's the usual thing of being a Japanese anagram for Nissan and motorsport. Okay. So I don't know if that helps. Wouldn't that be Nismo? Well, it's N I S M O. Okay, wouldn't that be Nismo? Japan. Anyway, uh... <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like a relative of Elmo's. <laughs> Yeah, the, the relative this is of Elmo's Elmo's cousin, Nismo. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I can never do that again. If I ever do that again, <laughs> congratulations! You just found Nissan's Japanese like racing mascot. Uh. But yeah, no. So this is this um, movie is basically a modified retelling of the of Jan Marmo's life, going from being a kid who played Gran Turismo in his room and with his friends and all that, his journey from being you know, uh, just a gamer to being recognized by Nissan and Polyphony Digital to enter the GT Academy to from there becoming a professional race car driver and all of the challenges, trials, and tribulations that come with that. For me, because I, I guess I kind of want to get my bit out of, the, out of the way, I was very surprised also, like honestly as well for, with Cody, that I didn't hate this movie. This is one of those things. I talked about this earlier in the podcast, but I really want to drive home. <laughs> Some of these. <laughs> that was an accident. Um... <laughs> Some of these studios, on one hand, these are also people that I think should be unionized with everything going on, but. Some of these studios really need to re-ascertain their like marketing departments, and especially the departments who edit their trailers, because the marketing for this movie made it look like shit. The marketing made this just ugh. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, like this is not a bad movie in any capacity. Like it's not a it's it's not a good movie. No, the the biggest problem I have is if I could paraphrase a quote from this movie. I know this film. I've seen it a thousand times. Yes, yes, it is. I agree with that um, extensively because the thing about this movie, and I think this is a big reason why it's also getting not totally undeserved, like, positive reception. This movie literally perfectly follows the crowd-pleaser formula. It is, it's, in in that aspect, it's one of the best crowd-pleaser movies I've ever seen because it does strike the whole thing of, like, zero to hero Starting from, you know, his upbringing to go into this new world that he's not prepared for, but through perseverance and bootstraps and cars just powers through and succeeds. <laughs> this really is one of the most... This is like the perfect cross-section of, this is the most studio-made movie of all time. Mm -hmm. And yet it's actually like, it's not a raging train wreck. Yeah, no. The scales balance out on this one somehow. I don't. I, I'm still calibrating it. I don't know how, but yeah. The thing about this movie is that oh, don't forget, there's the uh, there's the my family doesn't approve of what I do subplot, and that causes friction. <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> oh. Very important. I hated every bit of it. Yeah, no. Which was shown in the trailer, so that's good. Fair game to talk about. Yeah, like it is just like fills all those voids perfectly. For better or for worse. I personally wasn't crazy about that aspect, because it's, for me at least, very transparent. 
Because it's the whole thing. It's the whole thing of like when st- when that starts popping its head. I was like, "Oh, this is happening. I wonder what's going to happen. Ne- you know what's going to happen next, right? This is and also this is <laughs> the worst part is like I feel like that's probably one of the more authentic things in the movie. That of course his dad wouldn't approve of it, but I've seen it in so many other fucking movies that here when it pops up, I'm just like, "Oh, this again." Yeah, for real. Ah! Now, to kind of co- talk about a couple good things of the movie, because the actual dialogue and the substance in the dialogue dialogue is not the greatest. Acting's good. The acting is genuinely good, like, across pretty much everybody. The racing scenes are amazing. I know that sounds silly to say about a racing movie, because it's like, yeah, of course the racing scenes are good. It's a freaking car movie. No, the racing scenes in this movie are great. I would honestly put a lot of the racing scenes, in a very generalized sense rather, because I do think that this is a um, not as good of a movie as Ford vs. Ferrari, but the actual motorsport scenes when they're actually like going for races and all that are about on par. This movie honestly does a really good job of showing, outside of like the Gran Turismo scenes, I'm talking about the actual motorsport sections. Right. The movie does a, a really good job of showing like how loud and violent and hectic and strenuous and close quarters actual racing is you know like when you watch racing on tv it seems like kind of smooth it's one of the it looks easy people yeah it's one of the things that's really annoying when people say racing isn't a sport yes it fucking is you try doing that shit for two hours yeah or more you try doing that shit for 24 hours um when you see it on on TV, it looks like smooth and easy and all that. Because like, yeah, they're just driving a car at high speed. It's like, no, like when you're you're in a car that's loud as fuck because all of the things that are in a normal car to make the car quieter so it doesn't destroy your fucking ears, those have been taken away because it saves weight and slow and like having a heavy car makes it slower. So it's loud. The suspension in the car is very tough and doesn't absorb bumps. You hear every squeak and everything. You feel every force on the car, especially the force of another car hitting your car. And the movie's racing scenes just perfectly capture that. Immensely so. That is by far and away the best thing about the movie is the racing scenes. Like I would, I wouldn't see it again in theaters, but I wish the rest of the movie was as good as those racing scenes. <laughs> Okay, you know what? You know what? Think, thinking, thinking back to the acting, per your point about how the trailers made this movie seem garbage, one thing that stuck mm-hmm. to me is that uh, this is in the trailer, so I don't feel bad talking about it. That bit where David Harbour's going, you're gonna take some kid who's been sitting in his bedroom for years, you're gonna strap him into a 200 mile an hour rocket. In the trailers, yeah. it's that line is so heavily exaggerated; it's cartoonish. But it's but they used a much more natural take for the movie, so it's like, why the fuck would you go with that option in the trailer? You want to make people see it, you dumb fucks. Yeah, for real. Why would you put in a worse take? <laughs> yeah, no, that bit was dark, especially like when that started. It's just like, wait. Oh god, they're doing the thing where they just took one take for the trailer and then one take for the movie. It's like that's kind of frustrating when that's when that happens. You could have at least used the good one in the trailer. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it was one of those things where it's like they it was exaggerated to really play up how insane it is, but it's like okay, at the very least you could have also kept that more exaggerated take in the movie because it still would have done a very good job cementing how deeply insane the idea is to the uninitiated. Yeah. Like why have those two different takes? Just to keep one of them consistent. So, 
Jan is Jan is mostly a decent character. Yes. I can't speak to I can't speak to the person because you know obviously I don't know the person. But in the movie, he's a mostly he's a mostly all right character, except yeah. for how far up his ass he's got his head about fucking <laughs> Gran Turismo the game. Oh, I'm sorry, the racing simulator. Oh, I have nitpicks. I'm gonna try and uh, keep them short in the interest of time, and I'll save them for the spoiler section. Yeah, spoiler. Ha ha. Racing. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that was really bad. Oh man. <laughs> I feel like most of what I've got is probably spoilers-ish, but, mm. um, I don't know, I feel like th- th- there's some pretty good statements on unrealistic corporate expectations, but they don't really, like, do anything with them. Yeah. Ah, uh, right. Right from the start with the presentation that Orlando Bloom's character gives to Nissan, uh, mm. inspired me to write, if I didn't know this was based on a true story, I wouldn't fucking believe this shit. <laughs> <laughs> When he does that, it is kind of a thing where, like, okay, no. <laughs> when he's like, there's an untapped audience in the Gran Turismo market, and if we could take one of these fucking nerds and make them a racer, we will, we, will, we will convince this entire market to buy cars. It's like, are you fucking high? I mean, what I find especially funny about that is that... Don't tell me it worked. The only pure company who has kind of figured that out is Toyota. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And which I find very funny, personally, but that's that's a longer conversation for another day. Oh, here's something I could say that's not a spoiler, because it's right at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just because I didn't see Uncharted. Because I didn't see Uncharted. But when the <laughs> PlayStation Productions logo popped up, that's the most ominous, oh, threatening no, shit yeah, I've ever seen in that, my life! When I saw that, and I saw, like, you know, like, God of War, and, like, a bunch of other characters. And like Sackboy pops up, and is like, don't you fucking dare touch a little yeah, big just, planet, you assholes! I just saw that, I was just like, no, please let this not be the start of some stupidity. Please. It's gonna please. be. It's gonna be now. Uh, I mean, I think of all of those, the only one I would be at least interested in seeing how it plays out would be a God of War movie. And that's going to Amazon. Fuck, that's right, that's being made! Yeah, God no, that's real. That's a thing. I forgot it. Fuck. Yep. <laughs> And also, like, for... I hate the fact that the subtitle in some of these markets is based on a true story. Specifically because, like, I know some of this is real. Some of this is depressingly real. Yes. Which makes the details that are fake all the more infuriating. I'm not gonna spoil the big one for me, but we'll get into (laughs) it soon enough, I guess. You got anything else that's not a spoiler? Not really. Alright, so, uh, final verdict, I think... If you like racing movies... Yeah, it's... If you want a really good crowd pleaser, this is the movie for you. Yeah. If you're someone who likes cars and video games but doesn't know a lot about racing, this is the movie for you. And boy, howdy, am I going to get to that soon. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I... I can't really say I recommend it, but I mean, it's not the worst. Yeah, no, it's... I'm in the same boat, because it's like, I can't say, no, don't go see it. Yeah, it's not that but bad. Also, but it's also one of those things where it's like, it, it's the thing of like, if you ha- if you want to see a movie, and you have like nothing like that you're really that into as far as your options go, I'd say go see this. It's a good enough time that is not horrifically offensive. Overall. Yeah. So if you don't want to be spoiled that Gran Turismo for I don't fucking know why you care, but if you do, <laughs> you wait. I'm glad you like that one. In <laughs> three, two, one. So. David Harbour's whole character is fake. 
Yes, he is. And I found out because there's a bit, like they keep alluding to some dark thing in his past, and they're like, he could have been a contender for the for one of the great races of American history. And I lean over to Greg and I just go, "What's your assessment? He probably killed somebody." <laughs> I meant about the greatest racer in American history thing. Oh, I think he's fictional. And my face just contorted. It scrunched up like someone shoved a fucking lemon in my mouth. It was just like, how fucking dare you? It was great. It was pretty great, honestly. How fucking dare you do this based on a true story bullshit? You fucking took the inspirational mentor character out of fucking nowhere. What the fuck? The only, like, people who are shown in this movie that are, that are actual individuals in real life are Archie Matakewe. I'm going to butcher some of these people's names. Aha, uh-huh, it's your Marlboro. turn. Yes. Uh, Himan Hon- Honsu as Jimon Steve Honsu. Marlboro. Jimon Honsu, thank you. As Steve Marlboro, um, his dad. And Takahiro Hira as <laughs> as, as Kazunori Yamauchi. <laughs> okay, this one was also really funny because at the start of the movie, Greg was so incensed that they got an actor as a stand-in for the creator of Gran Turismo. Yes. And I remember and that just, because I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, and I'm just like, okay, you know, on one hand, I'm a little annoyed. But on the other hand, I was like, okay, you know what? In all honesty, like, this dude's like younger and in my opinion, more handsome looking. It's probably one of those things where it's like, yeah, he's going to be more appealing to look at in the terms of a movie. And, th- <laughs> and then there's a bit where Jan and, and his girlfriend, who doesn't fucking matter, are... Yeah. <laughs> no, she does and his, not. And his generic interchangeable love interest are <laughs> hanging out in Tokyo, and they go to get sushi, and it's really good, and he thanks the chef, and the chef just nods, and you're sitting there in your seat cracking <laughs> up, and I'm very confused, like, is this like a... This is an etiquette thing? Did he do something wrong? And I'm just looking at you and you go, that's the creator of Gran Turismo. And then I start cracking up because what a, what a fucking place to put him in. Oh, yeah. The actual creator of, of Gran Turismo, the real-life Kazunori Yamauchi, has a cameo as a sushi chef in the middle of the movie. Which, it's one of those things where it's like, I think thinking back on it, it's not the most god awful like thing you could possibly do, but it's really jar. It'd be like because like the the example I use thought popped in my head when I was watching the movie is how like for the longest time for like the early set of Marvel for like actually most of the Marvel movies up until Stanley passed away, Stanley would show up as a cameo for like ten seconds. God, just think, there's gonna have to be a point where parents are gonna have to explain to their kids that Stanley cameos used to be a thing. Yeah. Fuck. But. But it's so. But it's a thing of like it would for me. It would be the equivalent of like having Stan Lee be like someone who's actually there as a movie being played by an actor. But they're like they're not like just there to be there. It's like no, they are actually part of the movie and they do have a role in the movie. And then there's a Stan Lee cameo from the real guy. It's like no, that's actually kind of jarring. Yeah. <laughs> because the actual person is right there. And of course, while I don't really know what if any acting chops that uh, stan lee had at, um when he was alive he definitely was not at all opposed to being on and speaking in front of a camera for a movie nah that is much is very very clear in, in that in that spirit of things being unexpectedly funny i'm sorry oh no go ahead they kept the the heavier bit where uh during a race yawn crashes and a bystander was accidentally killed in the cra- spectator spectator was accidentally killed yeah a spectator was killed mm-hmm. as a result of the crash 
and they kept that in, and they actually handled it very nicely. They changed the timeline around a little bit, I guess. Apparently that didn't happen until after Le Mans. Yeah, so one of the things I do have to kind of get the movie props for is because, well, GT Academy ran using, like, consoles as a timeline. GT Academy only existed on the PlayStation 3. Mm. Like, when the PS4 came out, like, that program was dead, partially because Gran Turismo had a partnership with the FIA at that point, and also because it's not really confirmed, but it's believed that that crash that killed the spectator in real life was kind of the thing that made Nissan go, alright, it's it's time to pull the plug on this program. But yeah, like, in, the, in re- reality... The 24 Hours of Le Mans happened, and then the Nürburgring race where Jan, the real-life Jan Marlborough had his crash um, happen. I do have to give the movie props for taking all of that, putting it in a current timeline, and and moving things around in a way that are relatively coherent. Yeah, it, so. it's one of those, like, okay, I don't... On the one hand, I'm all for sticking to authenticity, but I guess, yeah, it's hard to top that as a second-act, like, oh no, downer thing. So, yeah, especially since it's like following from that, even after Nissan pulled out from sponsoring Jan and all that, he still continued on as a racing driver, racing in like Europe and Japan and all that. Mm. And the crash itself and, and the aftermath, not funny, like handled no. decently well, dramatically. But then there's mm. a bit where, where Jan got David Harbour's made up mentor a, a present and told him <laughs> to unwrap it after the race. And... David Harbour does so, and there's a dramatic note about, like, thanks for being the best coach or whatever, and he, because he, he, he listens on a Sony Walkman to his music to get in the zone, mm. and it's a fucking, it's a, it's a new, like, MP3 player, and you, I get it, product placement is a thing, and, like, you know, everything does it, it's a little less distracting than the alternative in a lot of cases, but knowing that this is a Gran Turismo movie, and with the PlayStation Productions threat having flashed before my eyes at the start of this movie. <laughs> having this dramatic like, fucking like sad sack scene <laughs> unfold and right at the bottom of the packaging for this MP3 player is the big giant ass Sony logo. It's just like, <laughs> fuck, shut up! It's really unfortunate too because it's like in the context of the movie it does make sense because you see David Harbour listen to like his own music on like an old Sony like Walkman and all that. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, man, it makes sense, but it's still kind of jarring. I know, it's just a me thing, <laughs> but man, it took me out. Yeah, especially because it's like a big sad sack moment. It's like, oh man, everyone's sad and depressed and whatnot. You know what would make this better? A Sony MP3 player! Look at my big black letters. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... I think the last thing I had was just the uh... The unrealistic corporate expectations coming in of, okay, kid, you made it. Now we need you to finish at least fourth in one of the next six races. Or pulling this whole fucking thing. It's like, how the fuck? Yeah, okay. You'll be lucky if he doesn't fucking crash, you psychopaths! So that's going to be my springboard into the nitpicks. Yeah, no, go (laughs) ahead. It's all Greg's show now until we get to bottoms. Because you know how I said it's like this movie is a great movie if you like cars and games of no don't know anything about racing. Boy, does that happen! First off, and actually, the, before I even get to the, that, the one thing that pissed me off about this movie as well is that it felt the need to kept on reminding you, reminding you that it's a Gran Turismo movie, and it did that by doing dumbass things like popping in like the actual Gran Turismo Seven UI into like places in the movie. Oh yeah, that that was. was genuinely infuriating and also having like little like um 
thing over top of Jan's car to show like which car he's is like oh wait so it's like he's not we yes yeah, like we just need to make sure that people know that he's in the bright white race car with the Nissan and Grand Turismo okay, and PlayStation you know what? logos all over it. As somebody <laughs> as somebody who's nearsighted I di- I did kind of appreciate that actually. That's fair. There were points where I lost his car. Yeah. Okay, you know what? Fair enough. But it's like things like that and things like whenever he passes other people, it's like it's the like the noise that's made is actually the menu chime in the newer Gran Turismo games. And there were a couple other things that just made me go, it's like, I know this is a Gran Turismo movie. I really it it, it felt like the whole thing of like the movie's afraid I'm too stupid to forget it's a Gran Turismo movie. Mm. That's kind of the vibe I got. But as far as the actual racing nitpicks go, first off, almost all of the racing scenes, because the movie travels to, air quotes travels to different racetracks in like Silverstone, England, in Dubai, in, um, at the Nürburgring in Germany, and at the Circuit de la Sarthe in Le Mans, France. All of the races are filmed at the Hungaro Ring in Hungary, which is a Formula One racetrack. Now... I understand the decision to do that from a budgeting standpoint, because actually traveling to these different tracks and filming and all that, that's going to balloon the budget to no end. I completely understand that. But what kills me being a fan of racing is when the movie doesn't really do a lot to kind of hide that. Mm. So like, and also like kind of getting other things wrong, like how they're saying it's like they're at the Red Bull ring, which is a real racetrack in Austria. And how it's like, yeah, these GT3 and GT4 cars are hitting 300 kilometers an hour, which is 186 miles an hour. It's like, no, they absolutely do not get that fast there. But for me, to cut a lot of nitpicks short, the most jarring thing to cut very deeply to the end of the movie is that the climax and last point of the movie is Jan and two other former GT Academy drivers racing at the 24 Hours of Le Mans to really cement that, like, you know, sim racers can be professional have the capacity to be real race car drivers and go through the whole bit of it and then the movie ends or like the race ends with him needing to make one last overtake to get to the podium positions at um Le Mans to make it so that their program stays afloat and then they paint it as a hairpin turn it's up to the start to the finish line of Le Mans and it's like oh he made it through oh he get it he got it it's like no that's actually not at all correct <laughs> really no because like you're so I'm going to try and find a picture of it real quick this is great radio <laughs> I'll take your word for it okay yeah no it's like it paints the hairpin it's like no it's just a chicane that you take at like 100 plus miles an hour it's just like uh and there's a lot of scenes where they try to dress up the track like other tracks and it's the thing of like oh god that's being a fan of like racing and all that it's way too distracting also a thing a point of contention earlier in the movie of how Jan messes up a corner while doing Gran Turismo Academy stuff and he's trying to convince David Harbour is like no my brakes were glazed which is a real thing that can happen to a car it's like, my brakes were glazed. That's why I couldn't make the corner and David Harbour doesn't believe him. So Jan Marlborough goes out on the track to do some test laps with one of the Nissan engineers. And when they come back from their laps, he goes, nope, he was right. The brakes were glazed. That's why he couldn't make the corner. And Harbour looks and goes like, how did you know that? And he just goes, I spent hours tuning cars on Gran Turismo. I know these things. Meanwhile, I'm totally going, the games don't simulate brake fade. 
<laughs> like the games do not simulate that. What the fuck are you it's talking about? It's not a about? game. It's a racing simulator. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I want you to know there is just a giant blue like brick of audio on on Audacity right now. <laughs> I wasn't even sure that was you at first. <laughs> no, it was because it's like holy. Oh god, they they dropped that line. I'm just what was funny about it is that there's a long pause, but because he's he's trying to impress his girlfriend or like you know his generic, generic interchangeable love interest, yes, love interest about it, and he she's like asking him about the game. It's like it's like your racing game. It's like. It's not a game. And I'm like, don't say it. Don't you dare fucking say it. Because there's a long pause between the lines. Like, it's actually a simulator. It's like, fuck you. (laughs) God, I hate that. (laughs) It's just like literally, again, long conversation for another day. One of the really shitty parts about especially the sim racing community and why it will forever be small as long as people like act like that. I like the bit in Le Mans when those two cars... Because you, you you had a bone to pick about this one. When those two cars, at the very start of the race, just ate shit. <laughs> <laughs> just the yes. first fucking turn immediately in the dirt. <laughs> yeah, and I had a bone to pick about it because it's the thing of like, no, that's not even filmed in this, the universe of the movie. Someone actually took footage from the real 24 hours of Le Mans race from one of those years and edited that crash in. <laughs> and not even the first lap. Yeah, it's just like, oh, God almighty. This wow, is way to make him seem now. way less competent. Yeah, for real. This is, I mean, this, this is some of the greatest racers there are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, crashes happen in this sport. Yeah. Like, that's to be a given. But it is still a thing of just like, oh, come on, guys. You, you really don't need <laughs> oh, to Oh, look that. at him. He's trying so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying hard not to, to keep my blood pressure from spiking. <laughs> uh, that's a futile effort, trust me. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I'll let you worth, get back to it. No, as I say, for what it's worth, this was the movie that made me realize, like, fuck, I've seen way too many movies at this point. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the club. <laughs> and I still haven't seen all the ones I want to see. Yeah, same. Not even close. Yeah, and again, and again, I can get into a lot more, admittedly boring, but really frustrating, like racing nitpicks with this movie. Also, the antagonist doing what he did is like, no, that is part from the race, and and literally like. Jazzy Jeff off the racetrack. You don't even get kicked <laughs> off. Uncle Phil is just gonna show up and throw you out from the entrance of the racetrack because of how you're racing against this guy, like grinding him against the wall and all that. Like, fuck out of here. <laughs> James Avery's ghost shows up from beyond the grave. <laughs> James Avery's <laughs> ghost sh- shows up as like like dressing like an FIA like safety <laughs> safety like engineers like um, outfit is like, what are you doing here? And you just see a picture of the front of the racetrack, and you hear, I don't even know the the the, the name of the actor who played that Lamborghini driver. Just kind of go, ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna stop there. All right, because we've are I've already run way too long on this movie. <laughs> uh, fair enough. So yeah, um, it's not the worst thing ever. Is the no, it's not. It absolutely isn't. Despite what I made it sound We're like, We're damning this by like, faint praise, but it's not the worst thing ever. <laughs> So this weekend we saw Bottoms, and yes, um, we did. I, I'm honestly a little more disappointed in this one than I am in Gran Turismo. But to be fair, I had higher expectations for this one. You know what? Same, honestly. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I just mm-hmm. all I could think was this is a stupider book smart. It's is stupider. 
uncomfortably hornier book smart. <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say hornier. I mean, hmm. maybe I guess technically. Yeah. Uh, Booksmart was pretty horny. That you know what? That's fair. And I liked Booksmart a lot. Not because <laughs> of the horniness, but because it was a, it was a genuinely sharp, funny movie. And this is also funny. Right. It just doesn't feel as. It's a satire. I know it's a satire, and sometimes I have a problem with satire because, like, mm-hmm. I can't. If I can't tell what the overall point is. A lot of the times it feels like satire is just an excuse word to make a dumb movie. Which is fine! You can make a dumb movie, but sometimes it's just a dumb fucking movie. It doesn't feel like a deconstruction of... coming-of-age high school love movies, because... Like, what... It's still... There's too much of the actual... standard formula in here. It's just exaggerated. Mm. Right. To no discernible end. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Hmm. The premise of this is that uh, PJ and Josie are a couple of lesbians who are best friends, and uh, you know what? I think it's a refreshing thing that I, I I've seen enough of these kind of movies where like the fret, despite being best friends, there's never any like tension there. I respect that. Yeah, I like that. So, in their own in, in their own words, uh, they determine they are never going to have sex, not because they are gay, but because they are uh. Untalented and ugly, according to them. Hmm. And, uh, in the process of trying to talk to their crushes at the, what was it, the... The welcome to school, like, fall party or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. They end up in an altercation with the quarterback of the football team? The star player, whatever his deal is. I don't sports. Mm Mm-hmm. And in the process of trying to get out of trouble, they say that they are starting a self-defense club. Which they then proceed to use... Well, Josie comes up with the basic idea as a lie. And then... Mm-hmm. PJ gets the idea that they can then use this as an excuse to get close to hot girls. Right. And I'm delighted to say that I'm just about as disgusted by this premise as I would have been <laughs> if they were guys. Yes. <laughs> so, personal growth, I suppose. Yeah, no, that's fair, because it's, it's one of those things where it's like, objectively, no matter how you cut it, it's kind of a gross this idea. This is a terrible <laughs> idea. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they start this club, and then things 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 get really out of hand. Very quickly. Yeah, this whole... The movie, the movie is set in, like, this absolutely fucking psychotic, bizarro world, where everybody is awful and mean and just about ready to murder you with a drop of a hat. Yeah, it's like, no, I don't want to say that, like, what I think of a certain character's design because it's it's a spoiler. Ah, <laughs> <probably>. okay. <laughs> okay. It might be a spoiler. Uh, but yeah, like, it took me a while to realize it's like, this movie's set in a fever dream, isn't it? <laughs> it is! It really is! It's a fever dream of a movie. Mm-hmm. But it's not bad. It's just... I can't shake the impression that I've already seen the best version of this movie. Hmm. Which, shouldn't be a knock at the movie itself, but just, like, it's similar enough where I'm just like, okay, I've seen... I've seen enough of these. Hmm. And this, other than being... Other than being more psychotic... (laughs) Yeah, it's very psychotic. (laughs) Doesn't have an awful lot much more going for it, and it makes the parts where it's just a generic... 
teen romance high school coming of age movie feel all the more generic. Also, I fucking hate PJ. Yeah, PJ's pretty awful. <laughs> PJ sucks. Yes, Josie does not suck. Well, she doesn't suck as much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I mean, she... tacti- I'm not gonna make that joke. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Yes, I do. Um, I mean, they both kind of suck. I just say Josie sucks. Well, I like Josie a lot more because I personally found Io Ed Beery's like performance as Josie very fun. Yeah. Of the t- of the two of them, she was definitely the star. I very much enjoyed her like we kind of strange, rambly sense of humor. <laughs> oh, that was good. She's great. That was that was really good. It reminded me of um. There's a comedian I follow named Josh Johnson, and it reminded me a lot of his comedic style. All right. <laughs> the movie's decently fun and definitely funny in a lot in a lot of places. It's just also kind of stupid. <laughs> and the third act is just like. Completely off the rails. Yes, it Just, is. <laughs> there's no reason for this to happen except that the movie needs to keep going. Yeah. And then it all kind of wraps up with a neat little bow, glossing over all the horrible consequences. And all I can think is, really? Yeah, the movie ends with like a, a neat bow and a bang. Hey there. Hey there. <laughs> the side characters are all pretty good. The side characters were fun. Brittany is way better than Isabel. Yes, she is. <laughs> she is indeed. The 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 teacher's funny. The teacher Marshawn Lynch is actually pretty funny. <laughs> I was genuinely surprised by that. Is that how how much time I how much of a good time I had with him, even if he gets a little what the hell later on. <laughs> Let's see. This is another one of those movies where it's all a bunch of it's all a bunch of adults playing teenagers. Oh yeah, no. I don't think I don't think with how violent the movie gets that they would have gotten away, and with some of the scenes in the movie, that way they would have gotten away with like having actual teenagers play these people. <laughs> oh, you could have 100% gotten away with it. I oh, really? Think. Mm. Yeah, no, 100%. Parents will, parents will sign off on anything if they think it'll make them famous by proxy. That's that's fair, but I think it's more of the thing, like some of the things that like the movie goes into, like again, from the violence and the... For, for me, the big one, the thing that made me go is like, okay, these have to be adults. Was during like the 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 car wash scene. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when that started, I was just like, oof. <laughs> yeah, no, but like... I, I I just googled and like because I the, the, throughout the whole movie, I I was like, Josie, is it Josie Isabel is like should have a four year degree from college age. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and then I checked, and yep, correct. Yes. I never used to notice this shit either. I mean, uh? <laughs> but no, th- there's some good lines. There's some interesting action scenes that are fun. Yes, 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 indeed. I mean, it's funny, which is the most important part of a comedy. Yeah, it, it I very much. Un- paints- I cannot understand but- enough. It's funny. Yeah, no, it's it's a good time. <laughs> And in that regard, I will definitely recommend it above Gran Turismo pretty much any day of the week. Oh, 100%. (laughs) It just wasn't really what I was expecting. Mm Mm-hmm. You got anything else that's not a spoiler? Mm, Not really. All right. In that case, if you don't want to get spoiled on Bottoms, man, that... That's the title. Is uh, (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) Make sure to click away in three, two, one. Uh, let's see. 
So, I'm having a really hard time figuring out where to start with the spoilers section. Might as well start at the end. <laughs> yeah, start at the bottom of bottoms. How does Hazel know how to make bombs? <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think that's important. That never gets. That was actually something that, like, when, the fact that she did it twice, or she's like, "Okay, how? How is this a thing? And how is it just that it's like, oh, it's just so casual? It's like, so bombs. It's like, all right. I oh, know also, she's crazy and all. <laughs> apparently, this is her actress's feature film debut, Ruby Cruz. Oh, really? Yeah, good job from her. Oh yeah, no, she was great. <laughs> yeah, probably my second or third favorite character in the whole thing. Hmm. She's she's duking it out with Josie for second place. First place was uh Sylvie, that's it. Is Sylvie the one who The one with like, braces who huffs paint, yes. Oh yeah, yeah, who's like I'm gonna and I'm gonna learn to kill my stepdad. <laughs> yeah, that one. She's my favorite. Hmm. Just I mean fair I absolutely <laughs> fucking crazy. I mean for me definitely like Hazel and Josie were like kind of at different points fighting for being like my favorite character. Again, like I love Josie's like whole like rambling comedic effect especially like when they're doing the whole bit where they're talking about like their past and their feelings and all that and she's like going along with the lie of like you know them being from Julie and all that it's like yeah we used to fight girls and like they, they would make bets on us and one day I like killed a girl I, I killed her really bad I can still hear her um, screams in the middle of the night because um, <laughs> the delivery the delivery the is delivery just perfect, is perfect. <laughs> yeah. it should be it, it sounds horrifying when we say it like that but her delivery is is amazing yeah her delivery oh I could again that was the thing that made me go is like god you remind me of like one of my favorite comedians. it's between like that and also like I do that a good bit so I was just like Oh, okay, this is definitely a comedic style after my own heart. <laughs> and, like, of all, the, of, of all the things in this movie that make me scratch my head, the fact that everybody's stupid enough to go along with this is not one of them. Mm. I believe that 100%. Yeah. How you talked about, like, everyone being stupid, like, being, like, just horrible. A lot of people here are also stupid. Oh, yeah. I And also with, with the whole fever dream thing and, like, going over, like, how everyone sucks, the thing that caught my attention is that the principal literally like to me i'm going like why does the principal look like adolf hitler with silver hair yeah <laughs> yeah i saw i saw that just like what the fuck is going on <laughs> uh some good lines why don't you ask a female teacher we could but we hate them makes sense <laughs> the, uh, I don't what, know what is he the mean. feminist history teacher or something yeah or he's he's he is a he's, he's a history teacher of some kind he he is a teacher of some kind the holocaust <laughs> it happened yeah it Kid uh, oh, his God, hand. Oh yes it did <laughs> i was just immediately i was just like and of course it's the fucking goth kid <laughs> <laughs> who later on like after what is it like a, a after after they get a fruit cup thrown on them decides to blow up the school it's like all right that's the last straw just starts running it. out of and just writes down in big letters, like, how to belt blow up the school. It's just like, okay. And then Hazel beats him with a punch. Yeah, and he's just like, that was going to be my thing. It's like, you were going to put a bomb on a tree? <laughs> so, the biggest problem I have with this movie that doesn't... I guess it, I guess it's still satire, but, like, Josie still ends up with Isabel at the end. Mm-hmm. And, like, also... He I really fucking, I, I fucking hate that bit where, like, 
a thing gets started on one big deception, and then at the end of the second act, oh, pull out the rug, it's all revealed, and everybody just turns their back, and then at the third act, oh, gotta get the band back together, because we still need this movie to keep going, even though everything should be irreparable. Because one of two things happen in these, uh, should happen in these. Either one, it's always, it always comes down to either one, one party is unreasonably fucking pissed off about the whole thing, or two, the other side is actually reprehensible and should not be forgiven, which is kind of this one. Yeah, no, like, when, when the whole thing of, like, you know, Josie getting, like, with Isabel and all that, I'm just like, no, you actually don't deserve this. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, because, especially when, like, Josie and PJ have a fight later, and she's like, I didn't want to do this. I thought this but, was a terrible but idea. You did it's it. like, but you did it. But you did it, and you, you did didn't it. say no, and you didn't say no at any point. In like, fact, whenever PJ tried to, like, be like, oh, yeah, she's trying to quit the club, you'd be like, actually, no. I was talking about something, I was like, oh, my God, you're, this is going to bite you in the ass. Yeah, PJ is <laughs> the worst by a wide margin, but you're not in tr- you're not off the hook either. No, not at all. I don't get why like, they saved Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I get... I get the principle, I guess, of we need to show but, that we need to show that the club mattered and actually did something, but mm-hmm. couldn't you have let them kill Jeff first? <laughs> you know what? Yeah, honestly. I'm just, it's like, I, oh. like, he's got no redeeming qualities whatsoever has, beyond having uttered has... the line, shut up, nerd, I fucked your mom. Yeah. <laughs> which is a literal, accurate statement in the context in which he is using it. Unfortunately. <laughs> yes, very unfortunately. Super um, unfortunately. She got a lot of fucking focus for no reason. Wow. She got a lot of focus for no reason in this movie, the mom. How do you feel now? <laughs> Bad. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, um... I guess it's one of those things where it's like I can't get super upset because it is a satire, but there are definitely certain things that are glossed over that I'm just like, no, we, we actually feel like I need to go back to this. Especially, like, like one of the big ones was during the big fight at the very end, when, in the aftermath of it all, it's like, oh, you, you definitely killed at least a couple of those guys. It's like, no, I don't think I killed them. They're just like, I was like, oh, you definitely, like, no, there is, at least one of those football players is actually dead. Got impaled one of them sword fell on, One of them fell on a sword. <laughs> it's like, Christ, guys. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what uh, the point of having most of the of having them kill most of the opposing team was. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, I think it's just it's supposed to be the whole thing of like the band getting back together and all that, and and just kind of solidifying that. I think largely, I didn't like like it's one of those things. Where, like, I didn't like that that just because it felt very hollow. Okay, the first line felt of this felt very hollow, and the second line was like, okay, I can kind of get that when the cheerleaders are like looking at because. I think it's, like, Hazel and PJ are causing a distraction by making out. Yes. And, like, one of the cheerleaders is like, yeah, I'm gay, too. And, like, oh, come the fuck on. And then then Brittany just goes, I'm not, but I really like gay porn. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, that's funny. That's really really funny. I really appreciate when people use violence and raise their voices for me. <laughs> it's actually one of my love languages. Jesus and Christ. I just, I'm just like, all right, man, you need a therapist. <laughs> you need a therapist. As Marshawn Lynch said, men need therapy. <laughs> and apparently so does Isabel. Yep. 
No, this is uh, this is a decent time. Just I just I I don't know what it's going for. Yeah, I don't either. But I'm still definitely glad I saw it. Yeah. One thing that I did actually really enjoy about this movie, just because it's something that I feel like was a lot more common in movies in the 2000s that doesn't seem to happen as much now. I love it when movies include like they're like a small blooper reel in the credits. That was nice. That was very funny. <laughs> Let's see what else was there. Eh, I used to say I can't think of anything else yeah, we like, talk about. This is, this is one of those movies where, like, I I sure know what kind of movie it is because they let one of the self defense club members go up against the the, the school's champion boxer, mm-hmm. and like nobody fucking stops it. But I can't help but wonder. If if every time these two schools clash, and apparently it's only like once every twenty years, somebody dies, why do they still fucking do it? The real answer is because it's a fucking world of psychos and nobody cares and just shut up and enjoy the movie. But I'm very fucking puzzled. I mean, I will say I did enjoy the thing that I enjoyed about the whole fight with the boxer and all that. It does that it didn't at least immediately turn into the whole thing of like the weaker character getting their ass kicked, like. For a little bit there, Hazel actually held her own. <laughs> yeah, that was impressive. That was really good. Because it's like, oh wait, that's right. She did say that she did do Taekwondo. Yep. So Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I run out of... It's a shame because I know there are more things that at least... Oh, oh, actually, I think a couple of the things that popped up are also things that because of the context of the movie and all that, I don't necessarily feel comfortable getting into. Fair. <laughs> Particularly the, the bit where I was just like, when they said it's like, gray areas count too uh yeah i literally just that was very loud i very loudly went damn yep. <laughs> at that scene yeah yeah no like it this was a this was a good time which is kind of dumb and doesn't really have a good end game nah you're right hmm. but definitely not the worst thing i've seen all year by a long shot oh no not even a little and bit. still better than gran turismo i think I would say so, yeah. In any case, thanks so much for listening, everybody. I already mentioned at the beginning of the video what you can do here on YouTube to help out, but if you're watching elsewhere, or if you want to help elsewhere, uh, follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts. I really need to upload a couple things to TikTok, but I do technically have a TikTok. I'm also on Twitter. I need to get back to posting now that my laptop's semi-functional again, until I can get it fully functional. Next week... Uh, I might be seeing a movie by myself, because it looks like our immediate options are The Nun 2 and My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so it's stupid. Between those two, I'm going to The Nun 2. But I mean, if I absolutely must see one of those two, it's probably going to be The Nun 2 as well. You don't have to. Uh, I mean, I probably... Oh, God almighty. I don't know what... I might just go and see Equalizer 3 in all honesty. That would be really funny. That would be really funny. (laughs) I don't think anybody's gonna mind if you did an Equalizer 3 review a week later. Fair enough. So if you want to do that, be my guest. I'm just gonna stick with what's current and probably deal with the nun, too. Partially Mm because we're almost at spooky season, so... You know what? That's fair. Yeah. But regardless of what we cover next week, Thanks so much for listening, everybody. This has been Under the Bridge with Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And with Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And we'll catch you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.